Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Wait, are you gaming? On a Chromebook? Yep. It's got a high-res 120 hertz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah, I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook. And welcome to a special film sack. Uh, no, it's not all that special. We're just doing a discussion episode. Okay, you've heard yeah. these a couple times. You heard our horror one here recently, and mm-hmm. you're now going to hear our uh, our science fiction one. Ooh, everybody just like sat up in their chair and went, "Oh, what, 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 what? My favorite Sci-fi. genre, fiction. Favorite genre." Uh, welcome to the program, of course, Randy Jordan over there. Hello, Randy. Hello. Hello, uh, Brian Ibbett. Hello. Pew 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 pew. And then the Brian Dunaway. Here is also. I don't know. Oh, that he was took a, my pew, pew. He took my pew pew pews away, so I had to do some kind of humming noise. And you were just like a, an engine or great like Scott. A, oh, there oh, you go. Up borp. How about that one? You have that <laughs> yeah, one. Borp. Wait, great Scott. Who does that? Oh, that's um, man, yeah, Back to the Future. Back to the Future. Christopher really, Lloyd. Yeah. That counts. Really you know what? That's a fiction movie. I'm glad you brought that up because. I think that we we should not forget, you know, like when you talk about a genre and we try to do a roundtable about it, you don't want to forget the stuff that's like hybrid. It's like, all right, that is science oh, fiction, good. but it's also a comedy. It's that's also the, a family drama in a weird that's way. That's a good point. Yeah. I was thinking about this a lot. So I I worked uh, at Blockbuster, or you might even, I worked at Blockbuster when I was a teenager, right? So I've had this discussion, oh, a million times, because when you're in Blockbuster, you had the new releases, and then you had the genres. And every time a movie would go from the uh, from the new release, it had to put to a genre, and we'd have to figure all that out. And there would always be discussion. It would come down from corporate, but then when corporate would come down, like this ain't no darn sci-fi movie. And so we would, you know, <laughs> we put it over, you know, wherever we wanted to. Um, but yeah, so we had that discussion a million times, and I finally just came to the conclusion: uh, sci-fi is whatever you think it is. I usually think of it as space and science fiction, or science, excuse me, science-related things. That that uh, that don't include stuff like Mad Max, yeah. Because right? like technically, as yeah, I was gonna say, yeah. like Mad Max or like even horror movies could, could you could say that they're so far out Elements there, sci-fi, that they right. are science Cabin fiction. In the woods, yeah, right. 
Yeah, like, yeah. well, because I mean, it doesn't yeah. have to be in space. It doesn't have to have a futuristic element. Could right. just be about two people inventing a time machine and a a, a parking or a, a, a what is this, a storage locker? Right, right. It could, it could be if an it, animated film about a giant made of iron. That's true. Oh, yes. oh, yeah, I would call that yeah, science fiction. Yeah. Sciency, because the aliens almost always, almost always include science fiction, right? Almost, almost always. always. Yeah, I'm trying to think of. Um, well, so like Fire in the Sky, we did here in the last six months or something. Mm-hmm. Fire in the Sky is definitely has horror elements and definitely has science fiction elements. So I don't know which genre. I don't know where you put it. See, this is why this is why I, the internet's great because you can I'm apply a, two tags to it. You can say horror, yeah. horror, science fiction. Whereas back in the day at your blockbuster, you didn't, you couldn't, but you didn't put a copy in both aisles. Right, right. Mm-hmm. They were. Right. <laughs> you probably you probably aired on the side of. I'm guessing you aired on the side of horror for that one. I don't know. Actually, I don't it's know. Interesting. Where it's interesting yeah, that you bring that up. Mm-hmm. Like I, I wasn't prepared for you to go right to some of the hardest. Uh, you know, like some of the yeah, like fire mm. in the sky is a lot of little genres all mashed up, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's really just more like a made for tv drama more than anything you know what i mean (laughs) yeah but if you i mean you made for tv is not a genre like made for tv is a a level of quality but but you know you know what i'm saying like it's like a like it's i i I never gave it the the prestige in my mind of of picking a genre for it i still i would still would say it's sci-fi i mean it deals with with aliens it deals with that sort of thing but yeah i mean it's probably on the more thriller level of mm-hmm. sci-fi, sci-fi mm. thriller, is, which is, is a tough thing when you think about yeah. those poor little employees at Blockbuster back in the day who <laughs> yeah. had to, had to group things. I guess. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, you don't like you're saying, Scott. You don't have that disadvantage. You can put something in both the sci-fi section and the horror section of Netflix. Mm-hmm. You can, yeah, you just you, can, you just tag it. You, get, you know, you got multi. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot, a lot of the multi-genre science fiction movies are mysteries, also. And uh, I remember when our blockbuster just did away with the mystery section. Like yeah, we they, did do that. Yeah, yeah. There was we we're like, this is bullshit. Nobody's looking at this, <laughs> right? Because well, and also it feels to me like there's a thing in our in our film history where mystery becomes a a part of like almost every movie. Like screenwriters yeah. just start building these big elaborate mysteries into every movie, you know? Yeah, yeah I don't know. I can't, th- it's, hard, it's hard to think mysteries. of mysteries. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like, like to- clue, you would go clue. That was a, that's a freaking mystery. I mean, everything about it's mystery. It's also it's mystery comedy, comedy too, but it's sure. primarily, uh, yeah. it's it's primarily mystery. Comedy. See, that's where you and I would fight. I'd say, oh, that, that belongs in the comedy section. I don't, I, and I'd go, sir, yeah, I work it, at Blockbuster. I've been here for 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow. I think that's why mystery is such a bad, a bad descriptor. Plus, I might like walk in there and say, "Oh, these are movies they just can't classify. It's a mystery. Yeah, Where does yeah. it belong? It's, I don't know. It's a mystery. Oh, that's why it's a like, mystery. Like yeah. Murder on the Orient Express. That sure. is like a that's true. Yes, that's like straight up mystery. That that's straight up yeah, mystery. and that is the thing. That's a that's a kind of pure version of that genre that used to exist a lot more. You were always getting those Agatha right. Christie ap- uh, adaptations. You the, were getting other stuff like boys. it. Uh, and they and that was a genre. I, I just think that genre had a falling out, and that's why we kind of quit having it. Like it just didn't. Yeah. it quit being compelling. So, and also, Randy's right. Every movie has more and more mystery elements because there's a lot of you know. I mean, why do we have spoiler culture at all? It's because people don't want to hear about a 
a thing because it's a damn mystery mm-hmm. till you find out. I mean, that's what we there, do. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. There are definitely films now, like newer films that stand. And I realize we're we're going to talk about a different genre now. Yeah. <laughs> but there are definitely newer <laughs> films that set out to be only a mystery movie, like Knives Out. Right. Knives that out, is absolutely. what. That's the point. Right. The right. Hateful Eight. It right. sets out to mm-hmm. be a mystery movie. That's really all it is. It, well, you tag it a western place. too, but sure. Yeah. But but you. <laughs> But it's it, like that is a, a useful genre for yes. a very small number of movies is what I'm saying. Right. Whereas science fiction is almost too broad. There's almost too many things that because they touch on futurism or because they touch on the unknown and space and so on, we, we put it all nice. together in science fiction. And that's, that's kind of one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you. I wanted to ask you all when, when you just like you're hit with sci-fi. Like what? What is really at the core of Star it Trek. for you? Yeah. Star, oh, it's yeah. Star Trek. You say is it? Okay, give it. Tell us why, Dunaway. Sell us oh, Star on Trek. Star it's, Trek. Is well, everything pinpoint. is okay. So Star Trek is all about technology and science, technology, everything. They're moving. They're moving through and interacting with one another, and we we really relate to learning new cultures and learning about ourselves. And we're exploring the universe while learning about ourselves. But that's all encapsulated inside the sci-fi technology and science. Everything is wrapped in there. All that stuff informs us uh, about what we're going to do in this show or what we can do, what we can't do. So it's encapsulated with science fiction. Right, right. (laughs) I think so. science science fiction is – I'm hearing that science fiction is about what we – what humanity hasn't done yet or you know might do it's mm. about the future right you're you're like right. like mm-hmm. there's like we have technology a movie about modern technology wouldn't necessarily be sci-fi but as soon as you jump to here's technology we don't have yet or here's or a we place don't know we haven't yet. been yet yeah. right yeah. then then it's sci-fi cuz you you could easily say that um back to the future great example that could so. exist you know, like some some mm-hmm. scientists could have created a time machine right. in DeLorean. All these things happen without the rest of the world knowing about it. It's all like this little this little pocket uh, Mill Valley mm-hmm. uh, thing that happens, and the whole rest of the world completely unaware of it because all this uh, this adventure that they go on is kind of self contained. Um, it's not in the news. It's not on television. It's not you know made publicly aware except to these these people who know about the DeLorean. So it doesn't necessarily have to be the future, and it doesn't necessarily have to be technology that hasn't been invented yet. It could be technology that the rest of the world just doesn't know about. Right. It, impl- it, it impacts created. the right. story, right? Everything right. that is being right. told in the right. story is completely impacted. You cannot stop thinking about the science the whole time. Even when you're going, mm-hmm. oh, no, Marty's falling in love, and he's doing and you're like, oh, but, but still, you're like, oh, it's going to be complicated. Because science. Because science. Well, so, yeah. Even though they don't adhere to even known science very well in those movies, yeah. there's a lot of fantasy going on in your Back to the Futures. Oh, Whereas in Star Trek, absolutely. it's like, hey, we're going to teleport people from the ship to the surface of the planet, which is based on some theor- theoretical ideas that aren't here yet. We can't do it yet. But in this show, we're going to say that we got, we figured it out. We found the last mile of the technology and we, and we did it. We connected mm-hmm. the dots. But there's like this, you know, I remember having a book in my late teens, early 20s, somebody gave me for a birthday thing that was a Star Trek 
Basically, it was, it was Star Trek technical Star manual, Trek, right? Yeah. Oh, oh, oh! It was a different thing. Okay. No, it's like a bit called the science of Star Trek. But it's kind of like that. It's uh, it, it may have even been, but it was basically a big form coffee table book, and it had uh, I still have it somewhere. It's basically technical specifications of transporters, of the way the replicators worked on the ship, uh, and they get into this like schematics. I mean, it's insane. It's like total nerd you know, nerdgasm stuff where it's like, mm-hmm. here are the exact circuits used in how uh, the thing on your shirt works when you say I'm on my way or whatever. Like they just went nuts with it. And I, it's a flux capacitor. I love that because what it does is it yeah. ties, ties the fiction to a possible reality and a possible future that also happens to be kind of optimistic and, and exciting and progressive and interesting and, you know, all those things. So I don't know, Star Trek, Star Trek, Star Trek owns that space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, you, I, I believe, this is just a faith statement, I think if you were to walk around and interview people and say, where does science fiction begin for you as a kid, they're going to point at William Shatner and uh, Leonard yeah, Nimoy. Most of us. Yeah. And that's pretty Alive. cool if you think about it. That's pretty cool. Yeah. You know? Because right. it's a, it's a good neat. beginning. Yeah. Yeah. It that's actually began. I'm going to drop some knowledge like I, I didn't just read it. Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> please do. According to Britannica, the, the term science fiction was popularized, if not invented, yeah. in the 1920s by one of the genre's principal advocates, the American publisher Hugo Ernstback. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Good old Hence, Hugo Ernstback. Dictionary defines science right. fiction. As- yeah, yeah. Like it is kind of. That's funny though. That's a. It's a relatively. You know, certainly Modern in the term. Yeah. The the yeah. history of humanity. It's a years. relatively short term thing we've had. It's not been mm. around forever. I I always think oh science fiction and fantasy these concepts or these I guess genres have existed since man hath walked the earth, but clearly not. You know. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would. You know, like you can uh, you can point at individuals. I think when you're looking at the history of science fiction, like mm-hmm. like people like George Lucas, right? Who have yeah. who have like taken science fiction forward from wherever it was at the time. Yeah, right. The one that interests me the most is Andre Tarkovsky. Yeah. Oh. And it inter- Andre Tarkovsky interests me because he made these towering great science fiction films that uh it wasn't possible that I could have seen them at the time. Right, right? Like mm-hmm. I didn't even I'd never heard of this guy until well after the fall of the USSR and the uh, you know, like the, as the, was intended, right? But but you know what I'm saying? Like, um, in retrospect, well, like everything's in retrospect yeah. about yeah. some of this stuff. Sure. And Absolutely. and the the two movies that everybody talks about, the two Tarkovsky movies that are like the big science fiction steps forward are Solaris, which is 1972, yes. and and Stalker, which is 1979. Like I Never personally, yeah, I personally didn't see those movies until 30 years after they were made. <laughs> you know, was that but 2002 like, Solaris thing a remake? The the yes. Clooney one? Oh, yeah. I didn't know yes. that. Oh, really? Okay, yeah, I had no idea. OG, though that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I never saw the OG either, but uh, didn't just, know it was. Just what I saw on video uh, on the YouTube's about the coverage of it. Mm-hmm. I had no well, idea. That's well, cool. and and I think we talked about this a tiny bit when we sacked uh, Event Horizon. Um, uh, the original Solaris has a massive influence on mm-hmm. Event Horizon, mm-hmm. and and everything else. And like there, it's like when you look at the history of sci-fi, you, you're there are these like moments. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. and, and sometimes they're like years, years long, right? Like the Christopher Decades. Nolan moment, 
in the early 2000s where Christopher Nolan pushes science fiction forward. Right. That goes on for a really long time, right? Like, like is, uh, I don't know if Memento is He's a sci-fi film, but, but like, uh, you know, like all no, the way I would, up I would to call that thriller. Yeah. Would you put the, yeah. was, we talked about this the other day, thriller, right? That's what we ended up on. I would say thriller. Oppenheimer's that, but, is the thriller. But I would say, but I would, and, and this, you know, I don't feel like superheroes should be a genre, but I feel like superhero films typically fit in sci-fi. Usually, yeah, yeah, superhero movies are usually uh, shoehorned into sci-fi because no one wants to go ahead and just say it. Oh my God, look at all of these freaking superhero movies. Let's just right. make a genre. Yeah, so, I, really, so I would it's say time. Nolan, Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight series technically for me would be sci-fi. Yeah, right. I, even, I would, even though Batman is the most sci-fi of just about, m- I mean, he is all he's yeah. all tech, all well, tech, baby. Yeah, he's yeah. the tech side of sci-fi. But I would say, you know, if you look at Guardians of the, the Galaxy, and that's more that's that's more like the space fiction that we yeah. think of sci-fi. You are eventually going to talk about the movies that are sci-fi in but, your, yeah, in my, your sci-fi, my point sci-fi was, podcast. Yeah. Yeah. My point was when you have when you have people like these these individual big deal times like Tarkovsky's movies in the 70s, George Lucas, uh, you know, like Steven Spielberg pushes sci-fi forward and Christopher Nolan is is still doing it in in Inception and in Interstellar, you know what I'm saying? And there, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like that's really that's like it, it means that the the genre is not going through a curve where it's like uh, it's a big deal and then it peaks and then it falls off like uh, I don't know westerns is what westerns is probably a good example of um, um, of genre that had a time and oh, we're God. past that time it was we're, every we're, movie for yeah, a while yeah. yeah there was a time like you think about the glut of superhero movies that was what was happening in the 60s with with westerns 60s and 70s it was just nonstop westerns and now you get them here or there but it's not like it used to be and i really like them now i mean i'm a big fan of modern westerns i'm not i really don't like the era of westerns that was not my jam at all i wasn't born mm-hmm, obviously mm-hmm. but but the uh the enjoyment Except I get out the of spaghettis, right? Yeah, the, spaghetti I, the more I, the enjoyment I get out of the new stuff. I mean, I like some of the old <laughs> stuff, but I really like new westerns. You mentioned Hateful Eight, which you're right is a kind of a murder mystery, but it's also just a really great western, um, and one of my favorite modern ones. And I, I wish there were more of them, but I kind of like that it's less is more now. You know, just mm-hmm. give me one once in a while, and it's cool. But science fiction, I don't think, is ever going to be under that kind of extinction. That level of extinction. no, no. I think there's always yeah. going to be science fiction because basically it's like looking. Most of them are looking towards, at least in part, a hopeful future. Yeah. Whereas yeah. you know, you know, most of the other stuff has a definite. You can't say maybe because you can't. You can say I want to see a dystopian movie, but you can't say I want to see a happy future movie because that's science fiction. <laughs> okay. All right. You just you just accidentally brought up a really really interesting topic here. Mm. Which is uh, is sci-fi grim or is sci-fi bleak or, or, or whatever? It, it, it has can be points of bleak, but it I can think be. overall. So let me yeah. let me give you. With, I just want anything else. You can yeah. yeah. I just want to give you a bunch of the top sci-fi movies of all time. Go because uh, as I was just discussing, they're mostly from like 1968 to 1985, which means there was definitely a a peak or a rise. Sure, because quality. we're excited about space, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, Technology. exactly. Yeah, but I mean, I just want you to tell me what they all have in common. So I'm, I'm just looking at a random list of the best ones, right? Number yeah. one is 2001: A Space Odyssey. Yeah. Number two is Blade Runner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Number three is Empire Strikes Back. Right. Yeah. Number four is Aliens. Yeah. Number five is A New Hope. Right. Uh, 
So far, there's a lot of bleak mixed in with your two Star Wars but, movies. But, but exactly. we end up, yeah, we, exactly. over, we overcome. <laughs> we overcome the bleak, right? None of those. That's that's kind of the definitive, right? Right, and it's kind of in in some of those cases, not the Star Wars cases, but it's technology gone wrong. Like it's it's mm-hmm. the science fiction trope of uh, we've extended too far without. Um, we've we've run before we could walk with right, technology, right. and now the technology has gone awry, or taken over, or is uh, putting nails through their hands and killing people. Yeah, and I would and I would argue that Blade Runner never has a happy resolution. It has a better than for the humans. Of, one of the movies don't care. Well, <laughs> one, one of the, the versions released. Yeah, one of the cuts does that freaking drive off in the sunset bullshit. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. But the uh, like uh, Terminator, if you take Terminator as an example, Terminator is basically a serial killer run amok that you can't stop. And then and, and in the end, you have to finally stop him. If that had been that movie, nobody would talk about Terminator and its influence. They would just say, oh, that's that movie about a serial killer trying to kill everybody. Right. Right. But instead, By we got way, a robot. And because he's a robot, and because it's got this like right. machines run amok future come back in the past tale, we'd look at it as a a tentpole of the genre in science fiction. But really all you did was just swap a serial killer for a mega robot. Really? This mm-hmm. this list has Terminator at tw- number 21 of all time and Terminator 2 at number 16 of all time. Oh, yeah. And it, it feels really right to me, but it, what what you're what you're talking about is how these movies often are they get all caught up on exciting action and they should. That's yeah, a good thing. Part of it. But but they kind of like forget to um make you smile you know what i'm saying like that mm-hmm. like it's it's and it's fine i'm not you know it's not a complaint but like i mean i smiled when arnold hung up the phone and said your parents are dead i mean i <laughs> i cackled yeah there are moments like that but <laughs> sure. like but like uh yeah terminator 2's actually got some decent humor in it but the but you're not wrong they're often very grim right they're they're they don't i'm trying to think in like aliens or alien or any of the alien series there are moments of levity but it's usually at the expense of somebody right yeah it's not like you know start that's why star trek is like this different thing almost shocking it exists still and grows because yeah it's a little roddenberry man it's like too optimistic in a weird way and And they try to bleak it up you know occasionally (laughs) discovery I love that term. I love that term, Brian. That's a great term. It took it took him a real long time (laughs) to get there. (laughs) Well, you know, Roddenberry was famous for uh, for not allowing. He didn't want conflict between his characters, and so that really made it difficult for writers because conflict is part of writing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, he wanted the conflict to be the weird planet they found, or if, if there was conflict between characters, it's because Kirk was under the influence of some weird nebula and now he had right, to fight with right. spock over it or they right. made them play that weird midget chess thing sorry small person chess thing <laughs> um or whatever right but like even like i remember deep space nine i'm very fond of like i really like yeah. it. i like yeah. that show yeah. but i will admit deep space nine pushes the edge of optimistic star trek a little hard compared right. to the rest of star trek dumb and I think also Discovery does. And I think that's why Discovery, A, didn't last as long as it could have, and B, didn't have the the impact that that other more positive stuff has. I think Strange New Worlds is a reminder, like, oh, yeah, right. This is the Star Trek we all signed up for, yeah. where everybody is kind of working together. We have our problems. We have our trips, but we make up for it, blah, blah, blah. Whereas Discovery was just kind of like, everything's kind of shitty. We're all shitty. Yeah, Everyone's shitty. 
you know. We want we want one Barclay. We don't want a whole <laughs> ship full of Barclays. That's true. That would be a night. What a nightmare you just God, described. That's kind so of what bad. discovery could be, right? It feels, sometimes yeah. it feels like, oh man, you've got. 99.9% of this enterprise is just working together. These yeah, are people who are the machine. best at what they do, and we, yeah. they've, they've graduated the academy, and then you've got Barkley. Yeah. But then you go to Discovery, and you've got basically, you know, a whole ship how full did of Barkley. How did we yeah. kill Barkley? Didn't we blow his head up? What was that? What, no, no, what, no, 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 no. He didn't it. die. He's good. He's, he lived. He was in the movies yeah. and stuff, too. Yeah. Barclays, did, he ever, yeah. did he ever make it into Picard? I mean, I've seen the entirety yes. of Picard, and I can't remember if we see Barclay. Yes. We do. Okay. Yes, he's still around. Okay. I don't. I, I need to still finish that last up that season. I've been savoring and, uh, it because I know it's never going to happen again. So I'm just sort of mm-hmm. taking think, it slow. Yeah. I think we're kind of dancing around a, an interesting part of this topic, which is how the reality that we live in at the time influences the movies that we make and Absolutely. that we see. Mm-hmm. Like like when you brought up Deep Space Nine, I couldn't help thinking. Gosh, Deep Space Nine really feels like it's made in the 1990s. And I don't mm-hmm. mean how it looks, but I mean, like, those scripts were written by people who had been watching the real world ever since the end of the Vietnam War and watching mm-hmm. how the government was working and how, uh, you know, global politics was working. And so it doesn't surprise me that Deep Space Nine is full of some, like, post Reagan takes on things like the cia and so on yeah and and like nowadays like there's such a drive for hopefulness in our current uh entertainment right like what mm-hmm. like uh, you you it, there's no it's not surprising to me that everybody went and saw ted lasso the first season and loved it <laughs> and turned mm-hmm. around and started clamoring for strange new worlds to have some hope you know, yeah, or, yeah. or or lower decks is the better example. I here, hate right? doing or, this because I know everyone's going to make fun of me, but there, I just realized I can answer this question now. When somebody says to me, Scott, why are you, why do you like, like not just enjoy or go back to or whatever, why do you like Fury Road so much? And I have an answer. The answer is, it is hopeful. Yeah, like it doesn't seem like it on the surface. It seems like a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Everything there mm-hmm. sucks. There's nothing good about the place these people <laughs> exist. But but in that place. That whole point is hopefulness. It's like we are going yeah. to find a way out of here. We're going to survive this and get away from what is bad and reset this world. Like all that stuff. That's what does it for me. So in a oh, weird I way. I love a world reset story. See, I do I'm, too. I'm with you on that. I do too. Love so that. when I see something like Deep Space Nine, I remember my first impression of Deep Space Nine was not a good one because I remember going, wait a minute. What's this gold press latinum bullshit? We're not supposed to have money in the future. I thought everything was all cleared up. And then I realized, oh, like They're life, it's complicated. You got a big, it's a big galaxy out there and everybody's That's a right. dick and mm-hmm. you got to deal with it. And I, I came around to, you know, I came around to really liking it, but because again, they were finding, Star Trek finds a way to find the hope within that mess and 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 perseveres. But uh, I don't know. I think this is just built into us. Like this is almost an all genre thing. We have to have the conflict mm-hmm. to have the hopefulness because without the conflict, what do you have? You just have boring yeah. Yes, you know, and I and I don't. I'm not making the case that science fiction is always bound up with the current politic 
I really want to make that clear. Oh, I, I do believe no, Gene Roddenberry was just really good at that. And he's yeah. a genre definer. Right. Well, and others. Right. So like, well, yeah, yeah. People like who were he was Paul, Paul Verhoeven, <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> only makes science fiction. That's about the current thing that mm-hmm, has been right. bothering him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <You> <laughs> and that's what all that's what most writers do. That's what you're trying to do. You're trying but I'm, to. But, I'm, but I'm not saying all. I'm not saying all. Like, oh, I no. don't feel like Ridley Scott really gives a shit what's going on in the real world. In the current climate. Right. With the stuff yeah. he's stuff. No. He's He's, what kind of he story loves, you're telling? Yeah, he loves like uh, ancient climate, and uh, you know he wants to explore like historical stuff. But I never feel mm-hmm. like I see a Ridley Scott movie and go, "Oh, what a what a what a piece of coverage for our day!" Like I never feel like you right. know what I think. Right. To see a visionary because he imagines right. like, okay, well, uh, we're gonna have you know AI soon, and AI is gonna be have the potential of going out of control, and so there might be these replicants who are. Self-aware and kind of. Did you see? Did yeah, you hear did, Cameron say that he said, "I tried to tell you people back in '84." Yeah, that was great. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, shut up!" Really? Made me laugh. Oh, yeah, awesome. like, oh, he did say that up. recently. I think he was mostly Jeez. joking, but, but like, in, uh, so to the Ridley Scott point, he, I, I think that that's somewhat true, but I think more he just approached the Philip K. Dick story and said, "Ooh, cool movie," and made it. That's, right. Oh, right. Of course, yeah. Since it's based on. Possibly. I think it's important. I think it's important. I think, and I, 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 I kind of get frustrated with people who get frustrated but i understand like when you see when you see modern day uh issues that are you getting you just not be like this every day all of us on the internet not everybody in the world but everybody who's on the internet engaged constantly is getting just overloaded with you know you know voices people uh, you know people saying they, they they're having problems other people saying no you don't and just you know just all these pieces on the board and that's really important for us to express those as artists and people who are creating movies and telling stories so we can address those things in a story so we can kind of we can kind of put ourselves outside of what's going on and look at it objectively like you know the kiss in Star Trek when when uh, when Kirk kisses Uhura so yeah. that's like we were able to kind of distance ourselves it's like oh it's okay that they're kissing because this is the future and we know kind of where things are going and it's it's fine yeah. It's kind of like a a, a a a playground, like a you know a uh, an area where you can kind of try these experiments and say, yeah. what would happen if dot dot dot, or yeah, right. yeah. Um, how would people react if this happened, and, and that sort of thing, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, which sandbox. I guess I guess that's what I'm looking. Yeah, there for, you go. Like it's just, you're absolutely right, and it's also a sandbox where, uh, unlike say just a drama or like a relationship movie or something, where it's also a sandbox for this relationship and exploring that. This is. This is distinct because it's like, uh, here's a thing that's literally not possible right now. Mm-hmm. It may one day be, but even if it's fantastical, like something like, you know, go back to Guardians, um, y- y- it's still a place where you can play with these ideas and do so with some assumptions that we're okay with seeing the spaceship move at a certain speed and do a certain, you know what I mean? Like you can put all yeah. that in the back of your head and say, well, no, the technology's covered. I don't have to sit and nitpick this. We're good. Because yeah. science fiction is accepting the state of whatever tech is being shown to me, uh, and and tech and magic are often interchanged, um, and we're and we can park our brain and then get to the nitty gritty of okay now in that scenario how do these people or these aliens behave with each other and sandbox is a great way to put that like it really mm-hmm. is that and maybe the strongest version of that in cinema because what else what else gets close to that yeah. like fantasy maybe. But yeah, fan- but fantasy, right. you go in with the expectation, well, none of this could happen because it's all fantasy or none of this, none of this, 
it's has any grounds in reality. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. There are no dragons. There are no, but, you know, but sci-fi wizards. has one foot planted in humanity and one foot planted in, in the future, one foot planted in, uh, um, what could be. And then in one foot planted foot in what planted is. In poop. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> there's a and third. All of a sudden I've got seven feet. Yeah. There's a lot of, as I was going to say, but that's, see, we accept it because it's science fiction, all those feet. It's fine. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Uh, so but, I have a, I have a yeah. fun little question for you. Yeah. Um, again, I'm I'm just looking at a list of the top 100 best sci-fi movies of all time. So that's a little subjective, but I, I you know I, I like these top 100s because mm-hmm, at mm-hmm. least at least the top 50 is going to be pretty good, like pretty fa- fairly close to what yeah. you would get if yeah. you asked anybody. And fairly agreed upon. Yeah. Yeah. So so in in a top 100 there's like 65 different directors What's in here all? right yeah. and one of them stands out okay really stands out among among all of them yeah. as having the most top 100 sci-fi films of all time and i'm i'm wondering if any of you can just guess oh, it instantly oh gosh uh, who that is i mean star spielberg? wars seems yes, too obvious steven spielberg is the answer oh and uh and <laughs> sorry sorry if you wanted to make that uh, go right, on a little, little bit that a little bit that's why because <laughs> i think that, because my, my real question is what's your favorite spielberg sci-fi mm, well for uh, brian like, dunaway what, i already know the answer AI. it's uh it's a little bit <laughs> it's, a, it's a little movie called uh, uh minority report he's super into it and uh, uh, yeah. a, a star, he started in, in ai and finished it up in minority report mm. screwed the whole thing up listen i I think AI is underappreciated. I think it's worth seeing and think it's. Oh, I don't think it's underappreciated at all. I think it's right where it should be. I think, <laughs> I it's, think it's, it's cool. I think it's. I think it's appreciated. I think it's. Yeah, I appreciate it. There you go. Yeah. No, yeah. I didn't say appreciated. I think it's appreciated. <laughs> appreciate. I don't think that's a yeah. word, but okay. Wait, it's, it's science whelming. fiction. Um, it's no. totally whelming. As far as like uh, impact of science fiction, do we? So we probably consider. Jurassic e. Park is science the, fiction, is right? Yeah, thing, right? E.T. is, oh, e. is uh, going to be my pick right just because of the impact that it made on me yeah, uh, as a kid. And I still, I look back at that and I'm like, I still can't find flaws with it. It's hopeful, mm-hmm. but it's still, uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of danger. There's kind of that. It's not D. really Wallace technology going wrong, mm-hmm. but it is man's... Um, arrogance in thinking that well anything that comes to this planet we can rip apart and figure out how it works kind of thing right right and see my my idea of hopefulness is my favorite spielberg sci-fi film which is close encounters of the third kind because it doesn't go to that point that you're talking about right it ends with first contact yeah, right, right. and it allows you, if you want to be hopeful, you go Where are right all ahead. those humans going with those tiny aliens? Right. Concerned. Very concerned. Right. concerning. Very concerning. Um, but also, for, also it's know. just a fantastic film. Like, it's such a such a fine-made film. such a wildly yeah. paced movie. I, I, it's one of the, I love how it's paced. It's so, when I was young, I hated it. I'm like, oh my god, get on with it! Mm. But as I've gotten older, I'm like, God, I really love kind of it. yeah. As a kid, you're like, when are, when are the spaceships coming? When are right. we getting some aliens? It's like, when oh, when's it going to stop? Make it shapes out of his stop. yeah, when we, mashed potatoes. It's not a good. It's not a good. How do we, kid film. Yeah, the kids were not in yeah. mind for that. I don't think, which is fine because yeah. as an adult, yeah. I really appreciate it. But for me, it's Jurassic Park, and I I probably would okay. change this. I, would, I wouldn't have said this as a kid. As a kid, I would have been freaked out by Jurassic Park. I, th- mm-hmm. I think it would have scared me more as more horror elements. But but Jurassic Park is, I think, has its foot squarely in science fiction, 
and it innovates on every level storytelling uh the technical levels of things i think the direction is insane the pacing is one of the best paced films ever made um i just i that one really the more the older i get the more i i lovingly look at jurassic park and think that that was a hell of a thing and it's another good example of this thing could, at least for the first two movies, before the dinosaurs get out and start making it to America, you know, to the mainland, and uh, and then we start hearing about newspapers and news reports and things like that. But it's it's like one of those little pocket sandboxes. Mm. Oh, okay, the, you know, scientist figures out a way to do this. He does it. A few select people come there. Most of them get eaten, but this is, you know, this all is happening completely outside of the rest of the world being aware of it. Yeah. And it's that kind of fun, like, this could be happening right now. You never, we wouldn't know until yeah. a pterodactyl starts flying over the Empire State, or the, the, yeah, the Empire State Building or do something. You ever, do you ever think about, do you ever remind yourself and then think about how weird it is that you just, we just forget that Ready Player One was a Spielberg movie. I, for, I yeah. do. Yeah. I forget I that to all forget the time. It very much. I don't. I don't <laughs> I even hate the movie. It. I kind of. I kind of really enjoyed it, but it doesn't feel yeah, like yeah. you needed the number one director in the history of no, modern cinema to do it. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't have a Spielberg feel to that movie at all. I'm with you. Did yeah. not feel Spielberg. really yeah. weird. The, the, well, the book felt Spielbergian, which yeah. is funny, yeah. right? You know, Klein's uh, Klein's writing felt, and he, and obviously he was inspired by oh, clearly those yeah. movies. Yeah, by those movies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And maybe that's why Spielberg had trouble with it. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. I mean, maybe. I think that's why he was drawn to it. I think he was like, right. wow, this mega hot book. Plus, I had tons of Spielberg references. I mean, not that that's what sways yeah. the man, but I think he once in a while just gets like. Yeah, I just made something super serious. I, like even like uh, what Jurassic Park and Schindler's List come right. out the same damned year. Like, what is that about? What who in the what the I hell? Complain, I know I complain about Minority Report and AI because I felt like Spielberg matured out of or changed from what I loved. I loved all the stuff before then, and it's hit or miss after that. But I also respect the fact. He never stopped growing. He's continued yeah. to try new things, different yeah. things. Well, and also, this hasn't worked for me just personally. Don't, don't forget AI well. was half Kubrick. That's the thing people forget. Well, that's that's what I said. I've always said Kubrick's the one who screwed it up. <laughs> that's where it started falling <laughs> apart. He started hanging out with Kubrick, who's yeah. a weirdo, yeah. and he freaking screwed it all up. Yeah. yeah. But then he said, oh, you know, I'm going to put a little bit of The Shining into, uh, into yeah. Ready Player One. So good luck with that. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Um, Kubrick. I Let me also, ask you one more yeah. one more quick question while, while we're talking like this. What what is your favorite animated sci fi movie of all time? Oh shit! Uh, well, you said it already. Iron Giant. I know you my already favorite. said it. It's hard to argue with that. Iron but, Giant's um, so good. Iron it's Giant, so yeah. so repeatably watchable. I just oh, I freaking love it. But I like Titan yeah. AE. I like. Um, oh, that's a really good. I haven't seen that in forever. That's underappreciated. I, I think it was also uh, kids were a little put off by it because it's again not. It's not really kid. It's kid friendly, but I just mean the story's a little more mature. I think. I think uh, uh, you know. Again, saying that I feel like sci-fi or uh, superhero movies are, by and large, sci-fi movies, and I'd say Into the Spider Verse. Oh, oh shit! Man, of course, that is, that is so very science fictiony. There's a, like yeah. literally a multiverse. Oh, yeah, there's a multiverse. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. that's a very good one. And that, I mean, that thing shot up my list. This new one is. I love it so much. Yeah. I can barely stand yeah. myself. A phenomenal movie. Do we like if you look at um. It, Raiders of the Lost Ark, adventure films or science fiction films? What are those? I say adventure Fantasy. more. Because they, do, much more they do a lot yeah, of shit in there weird. that's like, you know, I don't mean just Crystal Skull, which is, you know, alien. Oh, yeah, now that's science fiction. Well, the ride is in Adventureland and not in Fantasyland, so. Ding! <laughs> <laughs> 
It's not Tomorrowland, yeah. Oh, I, I just want to mention my favorite animated sci-fi movie, which oh, is yeah. WALL-E. Which, oh, yeah. which it, de it depends on science fiction, the genre. Like, it, it, there's nothing about it that really fits any other genre. But it's so uh, heartwarming, you know? No, the mm. first third of that movie is is one of my favorite first thirds of any movie. Yeah, and I love too. the whole thing. But when, when they get too. to the ship, it's all, it's a lot more like That's traditional, but the first yeah. part of it is so it's just I'm with alone cleaning up the planet. And yeah. yeah. Videos of what's his name who died recently. I can think of his name, the comedian. Uh, he, he would, uh, they would, it's the first time they put live action people into a Pixar film. Right. Um, the yeah. Guy, the guy that, from, uh, um, best in show. He's like, well, I can't think of the guy's name. Fred Willard. Fred Willard. Fred Willard. Yep. It's an odd thing they did with that, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, another one I always think is underappreciated, but also made shit tons of money. And I, I don't, I really liked it. I don't know what everybody else's problem is, but I thought his version of War of the Worlds was great. And that is as, is oh, as science yeah, fiction as fine. you can get, man. That's classic science fiction. Yeah. yeah. And I loved it. I thought that was great. Freaking Tim Robbins, Dakota Fanning, Thomas mm -hmm. Cruz. You may have heard of Thomas Cruz. Oh, did he do his oh, own stuff? Thomas. He, yeah, he did his own uh, his own stunts while whilst fighting giant. Did he, did he jump off a, like a crane or something like that? <laughs> I don't know. Climb up the climb up the side of a spaceship with suction cups. Yeah, but they're you know it it is it is easy though to I think it's fair to look at Spielberg's catalog and say you are a massive influence on science fiction for the last oh, 50 years. I think that's a, yeah. I don't know how you get away from Correct. that. Like I can't without, you know, there are, there, there's some major impacts from others, but they're singular. It's like, you know, James Cameron definitely fits in that category. It's call him just yeah, slightly less, but of. he's there. Yeah. And I would obviously George Lucas belongs there, even though it's a single project. You know, one big, right. wide, but, huge. I mean, it's, it's spread so wide. Well, and we haven't even brought up Star Wars. So to finish things out today, let's just touch on that. Sure. Is Star Wars, okay. how do we, Star Wars is basically uh, Lord of the Rings with laser swords and, and blasters. Right. It, it really is. More is. fantasy touches on elements of uh, spirituality. Yeah. Um, it's, it's less about yeah, science, it's, right? It's more about it's a, it's a family drama. Everybody's yeah, it's a family drama. It's a soap <laughs> opera, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd say this this is one of those tricky ones because there there is so much sci-fi and it 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 has uh, um, so much of its foundation firmly set in science fiction, but the force stuff is purely fantasy. It's it's supernatural, right. and that's the kind of the. The, one of the hallmarks of fantasy is the unexplainable, the un, at least until you get to midichlorians, which we won't even bring up, but, uh, but yeah. you know, that it's still that, that aspect of it is the fantasy aspect of it. So like 60, 40. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's like the, that. it's like the Apple split. Maybe it's 70, 30, you know? That's yeah. how much money you're going to get for your app on the app store. You're going to get something. It would definitely have went in the sci-fi section uh, at yes. Blockbuster, though. We yeah. definitely would. Oh yeah, of course, because you had yeah. laser guns and laser swords, and you had that's ships right. and yeah. you had space, and and that's all it really takes. But that Star Wars is it's like one of the great you know it was that quote one of the greatest tricks the devil ever played was convincing you it was whatever. It's like that. It's that movie mm -hmm. convinced you it was a science fiction movie, but really it isn't. It's just none of it's based in science. Like they're not going. Yes, uh, the blaster is a derivative. You know, they don't get into that. It's just well, we like do, we do have a lot of sci-fi nerds who go that direction with Star Wars stuff, and absolutely. it's fun. That's fun. That's fine. Oh, of course. Yeah. 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 No, go deep as you want to go. 
It's kind of like this. Uh, name one. Uh, don't know if it really applies or anything, but name one technology in Star Wars that made it over into our universe. Yeah, we we'd Star Trek all the time. It's like we're constantly trying to make shit that was on Star Trek. Well, Is okay, I got Star a, War stuff. That's a good that's example. Practical? That's a great question because I have an answer to that. That is all right. That is, and it will help define what I'm saying that the that Star Wars is defined differently, and that is that everybody wants to make shit that's in right. Star Wars, right. but it's not practical. Like you've seen these guys on YouTube who've figured out finally how to make a six yeah lightsaber it's about six feet long or whatever that stops at a certain point but it's hooked up all kinds of weird cables and fuel and and all this stuff (laughs) because it won't work otherwise so there's this feeling of like man to recreate that fantasy i have made a sort of working lightsaber right that's it that's a whole other kind of aiming for you know trying to duplicate mm-hmm. what a movie would give you whereas star trek like, kind of already existed uh, in our world by the time star wars came yeah, along so that's kind of like new tech prosthetic hands and things like that what, what about like a like bb robots yeah, yeah, yeah robot, robots that serve Robot. you are my answer yeah. to your question oh that's a good one that's a good one i'm not saying star wars innovated that but it is definitely a big pillar no that was battle star galactica right don't get mad don't get mad no that was right <laughs> but things like, like but gyroscopic uh, robots, like BB-8, the fact that Sparrow right. came along and said, we could actually make that, and we made that, and we put it in the movie and that sort of thing. Like The the fact that um, then now I've got a little BB-8 that can sit and patrol right. my dining room. Yeah, <laughs> right. I would. I, I wouldn't. I wonder why iRobot and others haven't done the spherical thing for actual, like you know, for Roombas or or this this robot that Amazon sells. I forget what it's called, Rob or something. Um, oh yeah, yeah. It'll, it'll go around the house um, and has, respond. It I uses, think you're thinking that's Nintendo. It's it's not Nintendo. Rob isn't what you're talking oh, about. Oh yeah, I don't know. Else. I can't remember the name <laughs> of the damn thing. But it but it will go around the house. You can call for it. It'll come to you. Yeah. You can have yeah. it do things like we we are getting closer to what a droid is in Star. So yeah, perfect one actually. That's right. that's probably the most. That's probably the only one where it's like real life has mirrored that a little bit. Not yeah. quite. You know, he's not helping us fly our ships or hacking into some giant prison planet or anything. I I just want to I want I just want a tweaky. I mean, if I could just have oh, like a big old Yeah, if I could just have a uh Flavor Flav wearing uh tweaky, that would just be be great. I forgot he had that shit around his neck. Oh my gosh, dude. Which robot would you like to have? You could have any any sci-fi robot. I just told you Tweaky's was great. He's fantastic. We got your answer. I was okay, going to the okay, I was okay, asking okay, the other. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I think I'm going back to the Iron Giant because I want I want to do <laughs> that not only can, like fly me around, but yeah, uh, we can do like some digging around the yard and you know something okay. big and useful. Sure. The first thing that popped into my head when you said that a bit was. For some reason, I want a K two SO because okay. I like his attitude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want I want a robot that I can relate to. Is Hold what on, K two SO, help me. Who is that? Uh, Rogue One. Oh uh, shit! Yeah, okay, the Alan Tudyk. Alan Tudyk voice okay. robot. He's got just a. He's just a little bit depressed. Is it Tudyk yeah. or is it Tudyk or Tudyk? I want to get that. Is it? I don't t- care. Uh, <laughs> I don't care. Does he have two dicks or two dikes? What is it? Which is? Doesn't matter. Both. One of the, that's two very. Both. That's two two very different things, right? Like, <laughs> but also, I just like I like K two S O because you never know when you're gonna need someone to like blow up a tree that's in your path, and he'll just do it. He'll just yeah. make it make it disappear. Guess what? Iron Giant toothpicks. That thing is. There. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. true. That's true. But imagine the just the upkeep. 
Like, oh, yeah, yeah, man. that means a lot, man. That's a lot. Yeah. But, uh, well, there you yeah, go. Was that your answer? Was Brian, Iron Giant your answer? Iron Giant. Oh, oh, Iron yeah. Giant is my answer, yeah. Right. Hell yeah. yeah. Final answer. Uh, well, there you have it. I know what I don't want. It I don't want the arms count from uh, Blade Runner 2049 because I might change it. I want that. <laughs> I want that weird, uh, blocky looking thing from Interstellar. That annoying. Okay. Um, oh, jeez. That thing is so impractical. Oh, I know we could pick Monolith from like twenty. Okay, two thousand. That's okay. what I'm saying. It's like a. It's just nothing but a slab with barely yeah, opposable right. slab yeah, arms. The the robot astronauts in Interstellar are truly spectacular. Like I I, I find them. myself just like daydreaming about those <laughs> those robot astronauts. I, I love them because they're impractical, but also very, so unusual for a design. Like. Yeah. yeah, that movie's yeah. you're making me want to watch that damn movie right Dude, now. Watch Interstellar. Yeah, like you should watch Interstellar regularly. Oh, like I, I, the <laughs> the last time, most recent time I watched it, I picked up on so many things that I hadn't really noticed before. Well, there's like, there's no shortage of places to see that Prime, MGM Plus, Paramount Plus, uh, FX Now, all these services. Yeah. I, they all have it. So I, I, Interstellar is actually the like going back to the list of the top 100. Interstellar is the most controversial when you talk to people about they're they're the greatest of all time like mm-hmm. you will have people put interstellar in the top 10 and you will have people put interstellar outside of the top 100 like there there's mm-hmm. no like real in between well there for people with the that people movie. putting it out of the list are wrong it's a great movie and people should see it <laughs> uh you want to see you know you want to see matthew mcconaughey cry real hard boy howdy do i have a movie for you uh, all right. Well, that is going to do it for our special covering the science fiction genre. We hope you guys enjoyed it. I know we did. And we'd love to hear your favorites, your uh, things and stuff. Maybe you're looking forward to. Is there anything this year that you're all like, oh, I'm jonesing for that? Or, you know, this year or next year uh, in the in the sci fi uh, genre world? Any I just want to I just want to say anything from Star Trek or Star Wars at this point right now. Yeah. Like, yeah. And if you took me back a year, I would have said, I'm, I'm done with star Wars for now. Mm-hmm. And then boom, Andor, and I'm like, wow. Okay. I guess we're not done with star Wars. Yeah. I can't yeah. wait for us to watch 65. That's what I'm waiting for. <laughs> it's on Netflix. Now I don't understand why we haven't watched well, it's it. It's going to be just, this summer. It's going to be part of our I just hands. Can't imagine I'm, how we I'm excited for uh, Marvel's. Uh, Marvel's okay. sci-fi space. Yeah, yeah. You go. No, it like totally right fits. Marvel's totally not fit. the new Transformers. Yeah. Okay, right. no, that's no, already, no, not definitely not the new Transformers. I'm looking forward to seeing that, but it, you know, it's not high on my list. I'm looking forward to watching it for free when it comes onto a streaming service that I pay mm. for. For me, the okay. obvious and <laughs> simple for. the 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 obvious and simple answer is Dune Part Two. I don't know what the heck's yeah, wrong with the rest of you. Yeah. So that is going to be amazing. Uh, I can't wait for that coming out this October or no November. No, what, this October. October. Oh, it was next, October. It's next year. It's this year. No, it's this, this year. year. It's this year. Okay. But it's yeah, October part two. Although there has been some just this week, there's been some rumors that it's going to get bumped back. I thought, a few it, was months getting, I thought it got bumped because yeah. of the writers and actors. Strike. Oh, really? That's interesting. I thought they were done, like in the can on that thing. Right, but there there may be some people in Reshoots solidarity and, with the strike oh, who are Devin. are trying to bump it back so that they can have actors like doing marketing. Oh, I so see. Per, uh, personally. Um, you know, holding, you know, torturing me personally is the way they're going to do this. I see. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, that is uh, our uh, show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Please check out filmsack.com for everything else. We'll be back next time with a whole other thing. Another movie. I don't know what it is yeah, we, yet. So we have a movie next week. Yeah, we'll, we, you'll, you'll see it on our on our sites. Yeah. Sign up on, on our or get into our discord. There's no signing up. Just get mm-hmm. over on our, on our discord. We always have a little thread going um, about the film of the week and that sort of stuff. If you want to hang out with more film sackers, it's a great 
bunch of discussion going on all the time. So join us at frogpants.com slash film sack. Super easy. Support us at Patreon at patreon.com slash film sack. That'll do it for us, for me, for Brian, for Brian, and for Andy. And Gage. See you next time. Get more at frogpants.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.